All right. Hey, folks, we are still at OzCon. Um, I am talking to Thomas Grassel from SAP. And uh, yeah, we were chatting beforehand. And, um, you know, I mentioned that my brother used to work for SAP and he didn't do anything that had anything to do with software for them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big company, but it's not one of those companies that really comes to mind when you think of open source. So we're going we're gonna to kind of dive into a few things that they've got going on. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Now, um, we're probably going to post this to the JavaScript Jabber podcast. Um, and so you folks, we'll start with you folks and what, you, what you're interested in. And then uh, we can kind of come back around to some of the other open source stuff. But uh, Thomas, you folks released a UI5 component library yeah. um, for, for web development. Exactly. So um, the um, thing we released, it's called UI5 Web Components. Mm-hmm. And in a nutshell, what it is, it's uh, HTML uh, components, uh, but like really focused on like enterprise uh, capabilities. Okay. So just think about a date picker. Mm -hmm. um, these are like, we are using the same date picker in our uh, right. applications. So they work in different languages, mm -hmm. uh, different calendars. Um, you can theme them um different lang like languages localization and right. all of the stuff so there's about 25 components uh web components be released now there's also like a longer standing history behind it because initially we had the same components and even more in um in an open ui5 framework mm -hmm. but this required you the entire frame framework to take with and now we said okay let's just shell out the web components and that's, of course, great for any web developer out there. If you're, and even if you're using React, Angular, uh, and so on, other right. frameworks to use these web components. Nice. Now, uh, some of these things have come a long way. I mean, I remember installing like jQuery plugins to get some of this functionality and things like that. You know, we're, we're a little bit beyond that now. You mentioned Angular View and React. Now, a lot of these have their own component libraries, right? Or you've got companies that have built component libraries for these systems um, specifically. So I, I'm kind of curious, you know, why why do we need another one? Yeah. Now, the thing is, like, for us, uh, we, we definitely looked um, at other web components. Uh -huh. And if you look at OpenUI 5, initially, we based it on jQuery as well. Right. Uh, but soon we realized, okay, there's more required just more a longer list of requirements right and this is like if you um, need high contrast on on these web components it's like mm -hmm. it's enterprise or application specific requirements and uh, we did all the work but also felt um, we need more feedback innovation right. coming from the outside component and initially when we did the open ui5 
framework. Mm -hmm. That's where we got it a lot from the enterprise application developers right. who were using it more in the SAP space because they used exactly the OpenUI5 framework for building extension applications, mm -hmm. etc. But then we also realized, okay, we can take the same components, put it out to the entire web uh, developer audience. And like our, our goal is really like to get the broader feedback around right. these components. Because often you see it like, yeah, you develop something in-house, it, it works for the enterprise, but we also need to be very much like, where's the market going? And right. this is exactly like very interesting for us to work with the component, uh, with the web developers out there get the feedback and this basically does what we have is like have a look at it let mm -hmm. us know what you think um and and uh, provide us feedback where you want to see this thing going yeah that's interesting and and i love you know i love the kind of uh, give and take that comes from open source right where it's hey you know what we get community support we get community involvement everybody benefits because now it's better and uh, you know so we've given something to the community we've kind of gotten something back um one other thing that I'm, I'm curious about is just how this is structured so that it'll work with the different frameworks because they all work in different ways. Do you have bridge libraries that, you know, convert your HTML components into React components or Angular components or Vue components? Or is, is that something that developers are going to have to build on their own? So the, the components, is, it's really HTML components. So if you, if you go to the uh, UI5 web component website with mm -hmm. a, a whole list, like where it sees like it basically make the include and then you can use like UI5 button or UI5 date picker okay. and so on. And then it works over the, like the, the standard how you would like use like any HTML okay. um, uh, component out there. So, so, so that's how it is very open mm -hmm. um, and you can use then the, the regular things how you would uh, treat an HTML con uh, component via React or, or okay. Angular, etc. So that it keeps it very, very, they're very specific like so mm -hmm. like and, and also looking into the standards there from right. our side. And that allows us then, like, okay, to be open. Like, if, even if you build a standard HTML web page, you can embed that. One. Right. So it sounds like you've built them on the web component standard. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so it's it's kind of like Polymer, except you've built widgets, useful yeah. pieces. And if you have a look, like, there's a lot of like things in there. Um, as I said, like the date picker or right. like a table control. Right now, you can imagine. The requirements we have for a table to display mm -hmm. like four applications which are doing finance which are doing sales or marketing there's a lot of like things in there and it, that's the nice thing on like the, the customization and like how how powerful these these web components are um like and and that's that's like really the the market or like the, the audience we want to share this mm -hmm. I was like, we also looking like, okay, like if someone says, like, oh, you know, what? like in the web, like normal people would expect like to do like this in this way, right? Or this would be a great enhancement. Um, it's also like it's open source, so we're looking for pull requests also from the community, right. and this is also not something that SAP has started now to do this. Like mm -hmm. OpenUI five released um, probably like six seven years back, so we like the team who's working on this has a long standing open source okay. experience. And they actually drove this, like, okay, we want to expand it further out to more web developers and, and so on, because we also are set up for feedback. It's right. not just that we say, do it. 
and give us feedback and nobody reacts to it. Um, and this is also like very much like a philosophy from SAP around open source is if we do projects like our own, but also like if we contribute, like taking other projects into our uh, things, like if it's um, in Cloud Foundry or in Kubernetes, we are actively contributing. Like, and there's like a, um, a gr ground rule for us, mm -hmm. is like for us just to take a component or a project in doesn't work. Like we right. need to be involved. We want to have the engineers involved. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the model we have basically built into our strategy. That makes sense. Hi, I'm Charles Maxwood. You've probably heard me on a lot of the shows on devchat.tv. The language that got me into programming and taught me to love it was Ruby. And eventually I got together with a bunch of my friends and we started the podcast Ruby Rogues. And that's how devchat.tv got its start. Ruby Rogues has been running since 2011 and has had conversations with a lot of people from the wider programming community that you've probably heard of, as well as very focused episodes with people from the Ruby community. If you're doing Ruby, if you love Ruby, if you're building tools in Ruby, then you should check out Ruby Rogues and you can find it at rubyrogues.com. One other question I have is you keep saying uh, that you built this for enterprise apps. And when I talk to people and I push the enterprise button, I get all kinds of answers. So when you're talking about enterprise, what, what do you mean? So enterprise is when... I, I know like the face you get when you say enterprises, like everybody <laughs> thinks about that. Like, I probably am making a face because <laughs> everybody says it and it's, it's like, okay, so it's just a big app. Yeah. Now, so the thing is um, these applications, like, so what are the requirements? Um, uh -huh. in, you need to have them on a global basis. You have customers who are in Europe, you have customers right. okay. who are in Arabic countries, you have customers in mm -hmm. China, and so on. So now if you build an application, how often do you build your UI? Right. You build it not like five times for every country. So right. This is exactly like things what enterprise functionality mm -hmm. is in there. Next one is scalability. Right. So that's definitely like a big thing because if we put an application out there, it's not being hit by 20 people. Like there's like, let's think there's um, a year end or a performance review in our HR mm -hmm. application happening in February. And like a company which has 150,000 people are hitting the button at the same time. Right. So how do you scale and like, how do you build this? So there's a lot of like um, these types, but then also security. Like, how do you, mm -hmm. is this like, we put these applications out there for our customers. Our customers say like, this stuff needs to be secure. Right. We are managing this. And I think it's more these, these um, criterias when I say enterprise, enterprise ready, mm -hmm. but it's like the scalability, the usability, right. um, the security aspects, which are coming with these Probably like if someone looks at the stuff first, it's like, oh, that's way too big. But then if you think like, oh, I want to get my apples out mm -hmm. into a different country and and um, I need to have it um, accessibility. That's also like right. very important features. You have this already built in. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's it's interesting because I, I kind of wanted to challenge you on some of those points, but it, it makes sense. I mean, not everybody operates in every market, but a lot of larger companies do. Um, as far as the scale goes, if you're not in every market, then yeah, you don't have to scale as much, you know, you just have to scale to whatever user base you do get. And a lot of companies, a lot of people, a lot of programmers spend a lot of time scaling, you know, worrying about the scale and they don't have to yet or at all. Yeah. And, you know, the, the security again, 
Um, if you're a big fish, you got more people trying to get at what you've got because that information is valuable. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, as far as your contributions to open source go in general, um, well, let, let me back up. So UI5, how do people go and get it and try it? You go to GitHub and try it out. Okay. So that's the thing. That is it under an SAP organization or? Uh, it's under SAP organization, um, but you find it like some some of our projects are directly under SAP organization. Um, some other projects are like within the Linux Foundation okay. and so on. So it's it's also like depending on how projects are maturing. Mm -hmm. um, the web um, UI five web components is under SAP. That makes sense. Um, and yeah, the. It's pretty easy to find stuff on GitHub that way. Yeah, so. I, guess it's, I always say, like, what, what is the first thing a developer does? It's like you open yeah. up your browser, put the Google search in, and that's where right. you find it. So. And then do you just install it through NPM? or? Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, okay, so let's let's move over a little bit. You, you run the developer relations uh, side of, and the open source side of SAP. And so on, on the one hand, I mean, the, the open source stuff, you know, your contributions to open source is one thing. Um, is the developer relations mostly focused around uh, the open source contributions you're making? Or do you have other technologies, APIs, uh, things that you're hoping people are going to use from SAP? Yeah. So the the part I'm I'm heading is is developer relations. So in, in, in there, open source is one part, um, which Mm -hmm. is in the story about like, okay, what right. do we have for developers? Right. But then of course, there's also the technology from right. SAP we mm -hmm. provide. Um, this is on one hand, like technology, which our existing customers and partners are very much like interested right. into like database, data lake handling, um, building applications for um, SAP, for the partners to enhance SAP, um, which APIs are available from SAP to plug into our applications, etc. So it's a broad range of of topics then like also which are more um how do we get like our goal is mostly then like really how do we get the information out what is mm -hmm. available um then a big big focus for us is on the enablement part right. so where's my trial system how do i try this out and this is also i think what a lot of folks again like coming back to the the, the cringing face on enterprise <laughs> the past when you thought like enterprise is like okay i need to buy like something big and big right like we put almost all of our technologies out for free for trials mm -hmm. so this is definitely something which has changed also in the enterprise market over the last 10 15 years that people are can try this out um and also outside of the sap scope so if you look for something where um, you need to do some analytics or you need to do something in the machine learning or um, you find need a special API for doing taxation, we have this available for developer to try out and, and build with these, right. these technologies. And of course, then for us, it's like, yeah, like making it known that it is existing. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're here at OSCON. Um, OSCON is, of course, like more the focus around the open source community, but then we also have here a booth where we have bring the folks who are contributing into these different projects, right. uh, working with other projects and, and also build the community, the network around it. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's interesting too. I mean, you you talk a little bit about your open source contributions, and then you've also talked a bit about your ecosystem. And one thing that I found is that a lot of developers they they go out and they're they're looking for that next thing. 
something that's going to be profitable and something that's going to be that they can get involved in and get excited about. And they they don't consider a lot of these enterprise applications that need customization by a developer. And um, I mean, I know people that do uh, customizations on things like Salesforce or uh, Microsoft. They have their uh, I forget what it is, but it's kind of their enterprise information uh, system. And there aren't a lot of developers out there. And so it's a very profitable way to go as far as consulting goes to learn these systems, to build into them, to understand them, and then to go and consult on them. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a market. And um, I know it like I was a student way, uh -huh. way back, like mid-90s. And I got introduced into the, the enterprise right. application market. And first, of course, I also must admit it wasn't interesting because like, right. you don't have the good picture on like what is actually development mean. Mm -hmm. But I, I always, when I go out and talk to students in universities, and like think about it, like how how does like the the, the car part um, gets delivered to the car manufacturer right. in time, like just in time? Which system is doing that one behind mm -hmm. it? And this is where you find like SAP systems, etc. What do we? How do you? um bill a customer correctly like how much beer they have uh, right. you have shipped to them uh -huh. since we're in portland we have a beer story um, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's like this is a lot of like um like either standard software so this mm -hmm. is where cp plays but then there's a lot of like customization around it extensions around right it. and it's it's a market um which won't go away and and developers are needed Mm -hmm. And there's also like a lot of like um, really, really interesting things out there. I talked yesterday with someone, um, a different project where they basically use drones to do um, plant maintenance. Mm -hmm. What it means is like they fly drones over um, windmills. Instead of like sending a guy up there, they use this and then use, for example, also then like machine learning image right. recognition to see if parts are um still in order or they need to send someone out. right so there's a lot of like also really cool stuff happening mm -hmm. out there um and um yeah i guess some some folks like that's what i also see from our ecosystem or when we have our developer conference they know that space they're yep. really excited about it but then often like uh, they also have to think say yeah, i talk to someone new and they're like mm -hmm. i need to explain it what i'm doing it's right it's a little bit thing but it's it's a very interesting area for developers to work in yep absolutely and 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 it, it pays good it pays really well and the reason is is because a lot of the customers that are looking for solutions like this on the enterprise scale um you're going to solve their problem but it's going to solve their problem hundreds thousands millions of times and so it brings massive value what you're bringing in and so you can charge premium rates and they're getting a deal on it because it's going to save them that kind of money yeah yeah, and another aspect is is partnering. Like we also yeah. see a lot of partners in, and also startups who start up with a great idea, and then they discover like sometimes they try it first in the consumer space, and then like oh maybe we can adjust this mm -hmm. for the enterprise. And SAP has over three hundred and fifty thousand customers. Yeah. Um, you can imagine like if you get like um, certain integrations going. There's a large market out there yep. um, for you to, to bring your applications within right. that space. Have you been thinking about building a mobile application? 
but you're a web developer and you're not really sure you want to learn Swift or Objective-C or Kotlin or Java or any of the languages that are used natively by those platforms, well, you should check out React Native. React Native is a platform managed by Facebook. You can share a lot of your state management and other logic code between your applications. And we have a podcast that talks about all of the issues and all of the advantages of using React Native. And you can check that out at reactnativeradio.com. So how do you approach uh, developer relations? I mean, do you have your developer relations advocates like out speaking at conferences? Do you, I don't know, do you sponsor open source software? Are you, you know, are you putting out content on the web? I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you doing there? Yeah, so, so from the programs, what do we do is it's, it's like focusing on like the awareness part. So this mm -hmm. is where you have advocates or evangelists speaking right. at conferences. Um, um, also, like sending, like for example, in the open source space, and sending folks who are contributing to other conferences speak there. Like, to, this is more like getting the awareness and so on. Um, and then a lot of like the thing, what I always say for developer relation is really important is like your web presence, right? Because um, unfortunately, a lot of developers you're not allowed to go to a lot of conferences. It's it's yeah. budget reasons. You maybe can sneak into a local conference. This is why we also address like, okay, do regional events, mm -hmm. et cetera. So it's not that we ask them come to our big conference. No, no, we need to go to where the developers right. are, help them. Um, we do also very, very small scale events, like for like 20, 30 people. If someone says, I want to learn about uh, the web UI framework you guys put out, raise your hand and then we send an expert out to, to you to come and, and build this. And then um, a lot of like also like learning content, like make it very easy to understand. Like like for developers, it's always like I have a problem, I have an issue, uh, I need to find a solution, and like paint this up. Like also show like okay, someone else has it. Like here's a showcase. Like someone mm -hmm. else built this one with that product and with that technology, and and that helps developers to understand. So a lot of like investments in tutorials and and community building. I, right. I have a lot of our um, advocates also in our community um, answering questions. And there's just to also give you a scale SAP community with about 2.8 million people coming oh, in wow. every month. Yep. So there's a lot of activity <laughs> happening. You stay busy. We're staying busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. Um, so if people want to get involved with um, SAP open source, um, I think you mentioned um, the the content or contributor uh, license. Yeah. So so first question, like SAP, how do you want to, if you want to just check out what we have, it's opensource.sap.com. Okay. So make, make it easy, easy from the URL or if you want to see what's developer, it's developers.sap.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then you see like what we have to offer. And it's sometimes like more specific to SAP or like, as I said, like it's framework for building UI applications. Right. But then also we are uh, often when we see something um, which the market needs or the developer community needs, then we also open source it. So right. one of the, these projects was the contributing license assistance. Um, so for example, if you have a project and you want to contribute you need mm -hmm. to sign a license um, yep. agreement and we had this problem internally with our open source projects yeah i did an interview with um the apache foundation 
like 10 years ago. Yeah. And yeah, we had a long conversation about <laughs> contributor license agreements and yeah. And so, so the thing was for us and I, in the early, early times, like there were still faxes going back and forth. So like, this <laughs> the is good like, old days. This good old days of faxes, <laughs> like you sign it, send it back. And then uh, what we did is, okay, like this, uh, we need to, to put this and then GitHub, that was like four or five years back when it really became much more um, right. in, involved. And then we built this uh, CLA assistant and uh, basically it allows you like to for your repository to plug it in and mm -hmm. it, anybody who wants to contribute uh, put does it want to do a pull request we basically you can use the tool to um, to sign the, the license agreement mm -hmm. and yeah it's, it's like it started small and then we the interesting thing it was like 50 percent, i would say the tool but then also the knowledge around it right. how to use it and that started a lot of like um, usage. Um, and next time we checked, I was like, okay, that company is using it. So it's very easy yeah. to figure it out. You just type in CLA assistant into GitHub mm -hmm. and then you see all the companies who are using it. Right. And we got a lot of feedback. This is great. Can you do this? So this actually really was a grassroots open source project. Nice. And also like the feedback is great. And there's many companies out there using it and, um, we're contributing, but it's actually not like it's really a nice community, open source community project now, which drives it on its own. And it's, it's also nice. a great uh, story to see. Now, I know that some of our listeners aren't going to know what a CLA is. Do you want to just explain what it is <laughs> and why they're important? Um, so basically, when um, when you contribute to a project, um, you give like your IP into the project. Mm -hmm. And um, this license agreement is basically that you understood that your IP um, is given to this project. And that's what you, why you need to, to have this. Um, this is also, as you say, like a lot of like uh, knowledge building, like education for developers out there. Um, and, and I think it's good to have these tools. And that was also very important. It needs to be simple. Right. And and not just like that. Um, and we still the community drives a lot of awareness around mm -hmm. it now. And I think it's much more understood now than yeah. when was your approach interview like ten years ten back years ago? In, yeah, where like nobody really had like why we need this. Yeah, the, the Apache Foundation did it because they. So so just to back up, um, the way I usually explain to people is that if you create something by default in the United States, at least you own the copyright to it, right? And so that that's the intellectual property that you own. Um, a lot of there's some law around if you create it at work for your business, blah blah blah. Then they own it, right? Yeah. And so this is just to clarify who owns the software when you write it. And so this is saying um, the project owns the software. They have the right to distribute it. Um, they'll distribute it according to their license agreement. And and that's basically the the thrust of it. So then then there's no confusion over, oh, my employer is going to sue them because they think they own part of this project. And so they're using copyrighted code that they don't have the right to. And um, so when I was talking to the Apache Foundation folks, I mean, that that was essentially what the discussion was, was that, yeah, they, they want to be able to distribute the software and let people use it wherever, however they want, you know, as long as it's within the confines of that license agreement. And they can't do that if they don't own it. And so... Yeah. And it's, 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 as you said, like, it's also for a lot of developers, if you're interested in open source, it's the understanding, yeah. like, talk to your employer, like, can you, like, some employers don't even yeah. allow you to do this because they, yeah. 
like look into your things. This is also stuff we we drive with the community. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's important. Everybody yeah. needs to understand it. Yeah, I think most projects that I see out there in open source, they just kind of play fast and loose with this, right? People just contribute has a, has a license agreement on it, um, you know, and it's usually something like MIT, which is super simple. Do whatever you want with this. We're not going to give you any guarantees. And so, yeah, but if it gets widely used, if there's a bad actor, yeah, things like this really help out. So I don't know if I have anything else to ask you. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or bring up? No, as I said, like if you're interested, like in, in the open source space, on um, I definitely it's like yeah, I should be here at at OSCON, like it's. But mm-hmm. I know like it's it's sometimes hard yeah. to to get to this conference. But there's a lot of like things also happening in the in the community, um, and that's that's also great for every developer out there. Like it's um, like to to make these connections, um, involve yourself into these things. And if you're interested, what we are doing in in the SAP space, um, as I said, like opensource.sap.com or developers.sap.com. It's yeah. like two things. Have a look. Yeah, makes sense. Um... Are you on social media or GitHub where people can follow I'm you? I'm on social media. It's very simple. It's at Grussell. Mm-hmm. So my last name. And um, you can follow where yeah. what we're doing and what are the, the stuff we're pushing in them. Also, like the, the developer relations. It's the relation part. I'm very much like also listening. Um, that's the important thing. Feedback. That's why I'm also here in the booth. Yep. Listening what other few people have questions um, about what we're doing. So it's always great to have these connections and and community engagement as well. Nice. And I'm going to help our listeners out. If you're looking for Grassl, it's G-R-A-S-S-L. It, yeah. So that's uh, German. Yeah. I was just going to say it. it's not a kind of a standard spelling you would guess. Yeah. So And it's Southern German. So Oh, you're, you're a Southern Bavaria. boy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell from the accent. Exactly. Sometimes no. they say like, okay, it's more... Towards Austria and and um, yeah, <laughs> very cool. Well, thanks for coming and talking to me, Thomas. Thank you. All right. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit c a c h e f l y dot com to learn more.